your neighbor and say, you look good tonight in the house of God. Amen. It's good to see everybody smiling and looks like you had a good day today. Amen. Even when we don't have a good day, we got a reason to smile. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 through 8. Amen. Appreciate the announcements that have been made tonight. I'm looking forward to crawfish. Amen. Everybody say crawfish. And I'm telling you, $10 a person is unheard of. I've been to crawfish bowls, and usually the minimum is $25 a head. So that's a bargain because we're not trying to make any money. We just want to have a good men's fellowship and cover the cost. Uh, and if anything is crawfish that is left, we'll be able to sell it by the pound to finalize covering the cost. Amen. So please, if you or if you have a someone you're talking to, inviting to church, or uh, someone that you'd like to bring with you, give us those numbers as well, because that's how we're going to determine how much to go to purchase. And we have to have that by a certain time. Uh, so if we need to know by Sunday, right? Next week, we're going to tell them Sunday. That way some will still be Wednesday, but <laughs> they will be fresh. They, they, they'll be delivered. They'll be brought in the day before we have our crawfish bowl. Amen. Everybody say praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 through 8. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I become... I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I'm nothing. Now this word charity I'm sure you're familiar with, just in case though it means love. And this, and this word charity. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love or charity, it profiteth me nothing. Love, I'm just going to use the word love. I'm not out of context. Amen. Love suffereth long and is kind. Love envieth not. Love vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Love never faileth. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Love never faileth. Lord, we are thankful tonight for the good word of the Lord. We want to hear from heaven tonight. God, it is our desire to live a life that pleases you. We live in this old human flesh that we have tug of wars with life. But, Lord, we can live in a victory, God, because we set our mind and our heart to please God. Lord, it is through that daily prayer that we bring in submission our lives, that we can gain strength, God, and victory in our lives. I pray for the anointing. Help me deliver your word tonight. Help us all to receive it and follow through with it. In Jesus' name, amen. And understand it. The Bible says, all that I get and get understanding. God bless you. You can be seated. Tonight, I want to teach on this title, Infallible Love. Everybody say it with me. Infallible love. Amen. That means that's fail proof. Amen. Uh, last week we talked about a love affair. Loving Jesus. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy might, all thy strength. A hundred percent of us. And so this week we're going to talk about a different, a different part of love, and that is love to mankind. 
We're going to talk about two things primarily, and that's brotherly love, then that's love for our neighbor. Because if we think back to the scripture text last week, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, all thy soul, all thy mind, all thy strength, and then it said, and thy neighbor is thyself. We didn't get to that part last week. So we're going to talk about that this week. But we're going to talk about brotherly love it too. You know, reading 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 through 8, how many of you just read along with us as I read that or paid attention, maybe read through the screen on the PowerPoint? Have you ever read 1 Corinthians 13 and you thought, there's no way I'm passing that test? Hello? I mean, think about all the criteria it laid out of what love does, and we're going, you know what, I, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not measured up to that. Well, that's because we're human. Nowhere does it indicate that we're going to do that 100% all the time. So I want us to have understanding about that tonight. Everybody say, praise the Lord. So we're going to talk about different types of love. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. But there is uh, pragma, which is an enduring love. This was best exemplified by married couples who have been married for a number of years. That is an enduring love because they've grown together, they've bonded together, they have years behind them, they've had happy times, they've had sad times, they've had difficult times, and they made it. And they're still making it. And that is an enduring love. And then we have storage, and I may not pronounce that properly, but that is love. The best example of that would be a family love, the love we have for our family or uh, people that are close to us. Then there is eros, which is a romantic love, philia, which is friendship and close friends. Then there is philusia, and I didn't pronounce that right, so don't worry about it. Just go on. And that's self-love. How many of you love yourself? Now, some of y'all ain't telling the truth. Or either you ain't raising your hand. Because we all love ourselves. Amen? That's why we feed ourselves. That's why we stop at the convenience store and we pick out our Coke and our candy bar. That's why we look out for the interests of ourselves. That's why we don't like to get the flu. We love ourselves. We don't want to suffer. So we all have that type of love. And then there is agape love. Everybody say agape love. That's what we're going to talk primarily about tonight. Agape love is a selfless love. Self, everybody say selfless. We're not thinking about just us. It's not based on us inwardly. It's based on externally with people. Amen. And this is a God-type love because it is unconditional. Now, God loves us unconditionally, right? We, love, we can love people unconditionally. Now, we're not God and we're not perfect, but most parents love their children unconditionally. That's why their children do no wrong. Well, hallelujah, anyhow. This is also a spirit-type love. It's spiritual. It's not just physical, but it is primarily a, a spiritual. It's the highest level of love that you can I can offer to anybody. We have filio. We can have the different type of loves that have been mentioned. But an agape love is the highest form of love that we can have towards someone. It is given without any expectations in return. You know, we live in a world today where you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Or this love is, is given because I want to get something in return. To me, that's a manipulative love. But agape love is I'm not looking for anything in return. It's not what I'm getting out of this. It's what I'm giving out of this. Amen? It's what you give when you love someone with a agape love. Agape love is a decision. To spread the love of God at any and every circumstance in life. It's not based on high times, good times, good feelings, good experiences. 
See, agape love is not based on any of those things. Agape love is based on any circumstance, any condition, anybody. There's no limitations. Agape love, when when we reach that agape love, it is not a respecter of persons. Well, hallelujah. Y'all are looking at me like that side dish you didn't order. Amen. But we're going to learn something tonight, and I pray that this, this will encourage us. But we have a love for God, right? Well, God is love. Say, God is love. Then we're supposed to have that love of God in our hearts. If God is love, then why not us be that same way? We're to be Christ-like. We should have love in our hearts and be responsible to love other people. Romans 5 and 5 says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God, not our love, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. Now, let me break that down for just a minute. It's coming through us. We're saying the words. You're doing the deed. You're given the action, but it's not our love of mankind, but it's God's love that is in us. Without His love, we wouldn't be doing that. Amen? It is that love that is quick to forgive. It is that love that covers uh, people from being wounded or being hurt. Well, praise God. So the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Amen? Now let's talk about brotherly love. Think about it. It's not what we say. It's what we do. I can tell you I love you. I can tell you I love you. And hopefully you'll believe it. But you're going to know in a little while whether I really do or not by my actions. Amen? And you're going to know each other's love by persons. Everybody say actions, our conduct, our words. And so it's lived out and not just spoken. So the first thing we're going to talk about tonight is brotherly love. Love one for another. The Bible speaks a lot about love for one another. How many of you want your children to get along and love one another? Oh, I know when they're kids, they're fighting. They're kicking and scratching and crying and blaming and everything they can do possibly. But at the end of the day, they love one another. And you want them. But it's when they get grown and they get in those arguments that we, we're, we're, you know, we're concerned about because they could become at odds at one another. God doesn't want his children. He knows we're going to have our bad days. He knows we're going to have our disagreements. He knows we're going to have our different views about things. He knows all of that. But he doesn't want us to reach a point to where it creates a problem. He wants us to love one another. In John chapter 13, 34 through 35, it says, In a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Now, we can tell people that we're a disciple of Jesus. Amen. We can talk about how often we go to church, how much of the Bible we've read, how we shouted and danced on Sunday night. We, We can tell people all that we want to. We can portray that and that's good to be a witness but if we don't love one another it's going to send a different message and so what the scripture is saying that how men shall know that's no not you know think or hope but know that we're his disciples is by our conduct and our treatment of one another when they see that in action When they're seeing that played out of our love for another, they go, you know what? That looks like Christ. Amen? That looks like something the Lord would do. And so they 
can tell that that's not of mankind, but that is of God. And that lets them know that you are a follower of Jesus Christ because His love, His actions, His care, and His treatment is flowing through through you. I think it's amazing and encouraging and convicting. When I read this verse, it says, this is how people are going to know. They're going to read into They're going to see by example. And that gives us a great responsibility to watch our tongue, to watch our actions, to watch how we treat people. Amen. And we all are growing and learning along the way. Now, he said, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, I'm reminded of the verse where it says to us husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. How many of you men feel like, according to that scripture, I'm not doing real good? Well, wait a minute. How many of you wives feel like? When we understand that scripture, and I know you do understand it, but we understand it's not saying love them as much. We could not possibly love our wives as much as Christ loved the church. He said, as, and gave himself for it. God knows the ego of a man. God knows the nature of a man. That, that control and being in control of the situation and that egotistical ways and all of that. And God says, I want you to love your wife like I love the church and I gave myself for it. If you're going to love her the way you ought to love her, you're going to have to give in on some stuff. If you're going to treat her the way I want you to treat her, you're going to have to give of yourself. It's going to take holding back. It's going to take uh, doing some extra things. It's going, to have, it's going to take changing your mindset. Go sit in the mall if you want to while they shop. You get the picture? And so I take that liking too. I can't love someone else as much as God loved me. You can't love someone else as, love, as much as God loved you. It's impossible because we're not God. But he didn't say as much. He said as. And so that's where the golden rule comes into place, that we're to treat each other the way God would want us, according to how we would want to be treated. So we go to that commandment in Scripture where it says to love our neighbor as ourself. Let's stop a minute. Let's stop for just a minute. That sounds good. And if somebody asks you, you love your neighbors yourself? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you love your neighbor as yourself? Oh, yeah, I love my neighbor as myself. So that's a commandment, a new commandment, right? But then we have to be honest when we're by ourselves and we're looking in the mirror, we need to ask ourselves, do I really love my neighbors myself? Because I'm going to put me first. Can I tell you? You're not going to love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. You're not going to love your neighbor as much as you love your children. You're not going to love your neighbor, and I'm not going to love my neighbor as much as I love my best friend. Because the relationship is different. It never told us to love them as much. It told us to love our neighbor as ourself. In other words, don't, get, don't let me get you confused or bored tonight. But basically, here's what it's saying, in my opinion. And I feel like this is, this is it. But you can correct me if I'm wrong. That I want to love, we need to love our neighbor through our actions, our words, our treatment, what we would do for them like I would want them to do for me or as I would do for myself. This is not a feeling. This is a decision. This is an action. We're not all gooey in love with our neighbor the way we are ourselves. 
We don't spend the time with our neighbor like we spend for ourselves. We don't spend the money on the neighbor like we spend it on ourselves. We don't feed the neighbor like we feed ourselves. And when he says, love thy neighbors thyself, it's teaching us that mankind is to be treated by the love of God. And that what we would want done to us or what we would do for ourselves, we need to be willing to do that to our neighbor. Well, praise God. Clap your hands to Jesus. We, we, can, we have scriptures that we read and we, you know, we go, yeah. Go on, but we need to stop and say, what's it really telling me? Am I really treating my neighbor as myself? And then let me go go with this for a minute. The love of God, and we're supposed to treat our neighbors ourselves. We're supposed to love our brothers, right, and treat them. Brother, uh, let me borrow your coat for a minute. You come up here and help me, Brother Lee. And I feel like God's going to help us tonight. Have you ever knew, read, I know you're familiar with how we're supposed to love one another. We're supposed to love our neighbor. Here's the things we're supposed to do to them. We go back to 1 Corinthians 13, and we'll read those again in a little bit. Take your coat off if you don't mind. And uh, we read all these things, and we go, man, I come up short. How, how do I do that? But, but, but McGill, when you read 13, 1 through 8, we wonder, I must not have the love of God in me because I'm not doing some of that. Or I'm struggling in some of those areas. I'm not giving us an exemption tonight. But here's way, what I feel like the Word is teaching us because it makes sense. Because if I read 1 Corinthians 13 through 1 through 8, and I read about loving uh, my brother as Christ loved us and my neighbor as I love myself, I'm going to struggle with reality. Got quiet. Now, I can brush it off and say, oh, well, you know, I'm doing the best I can. But, or I can look at it and say, something must be wrong with me because I've never achieved that on a daily basis. So let's look at it like this. And, and I, as I was praying the Lord, I feel like quicken me to this. Just, just common sense in a, in a way. I can operate out of love or I can operate out of flesh. We're carnal and we're spiritual beings. And so just because you or I may do something that doesn't align with what God's Word is saying that is evidence of loving my brother or loving my neighbor, just because I would do that or you would do that does not put a check mark and say, well, you failed. You don't do it. You don't love your neighbor. You're just a tinkling symbol and a sounding brass. And we feel crushed and we feel defeated. We feel like I can't do it. There's something wrong with me. But we got to have an understanding first that, I have a choice every day. And there's elements that come into place because I am of human nature and I am of the human flesh and I have to live inside this flesh. You have to live inside this flesh. And there's daily circumstances that influence us or affect us. And just because you didn't obey one of these or act just like we knew, it wasn't that you don't have it. It means you operated out of flesh. That makes sense? Instead of operating out of love. Now, let me tell you to, to prove my point. Have you ever said something that you knew that wasn't out of love and you felt guilty, but they're gone? But you feel bad and you want to make it right and you pray, God, help me don't do that again. You know what that is? That's the love of God that's in you that realizes I shouldn't have done that. My flesh did that. My flesh got out of hand. I let my flesh get out of control. I let my flesh have a voice where I shouldn't have had it. let it have a voice. That's why Paul said, I've got to die daily. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I'm in a bad mood. Y'all don't ever do that, do you? Huh? Maybe in the evening time you got a bad mood. But we can get in a bad mood. Anybody ever get frustrated? Irritated? 
aggravated. And sometimes we're this way, we don't even know why we're doing this. It's just, don't get near me today, I'm a, I'm a barking dog. Don't, don't get close to me, I'm biting today. Hello? And when we bark or bite, then we feel convicted because it's not really what we're wanting to do because the love of God is in us. And it, because we want the love of God operating, when the flesh operating, the love convicts us. Hello? And we say, God, let me go make it right with that person. That's love. Or God, help me not do that anymore. Now, here's, here's what I want to hold that coat open for a minute. So I get up in the morning. I'm going to my coffee. I'm in a bad mood. Somebody's waking me up before I want to get up. Amen? Somebody just called me with their problems, and I can't even think clearly yet. Somebody rubbed me wrong, or I just, just don't feel good. Grumpy. Now, I know y'all don't get grumpy. Hello? We're human. And so somebody calls, and we're grumpy. We're grouchy. They can tell it. We cut them off short. We quick speak, We quickly speak to them. We'll say a harsh word. I know y'all don't do that. You got the Holy Ghost. You got the love of God in you. Hello? You know what we need to do at that point? We need to go, wait just a minute. I forgot something. Let me go get on my coat of love. Lord, help me today not to, not to have this feeling. Let me, Lord, let me bring my, my, my flesh under subjection to the Spirit. Help me utter words of kindness and not of harshness. Lord, help me to be sensitive. Let love. And so in that prayer meeting, I've just covered myself with the love of God. And so now I'm most likely to conduct or operate out of love of God and not out of the flesh. Amen. Okay, I'm going to let you get your coat back. Just don't go nowhere yet. Now, sometimes we need to wake up in the morning. And if we don't go get that coat of love, we need to go reach for the duct tape and duct tape our mouth shut because things are going to come out we don't want to come out. I'm not talking about cussing. I'm talking about shrewdness or rudeness or quickness or biting or barking. Hello? And then we feel like I can't line up with the Word of God. Oh, yes, you can. Because it is the Spirit that lives within us. And it's our commitment to obey the Word of God. It's our commitment to love our neighbors ourselves. It is our commitment to love one another is with a godly love, the way God loves us and the way we love ourselves. But we are human make sense but there's a commitment that I've got to make and so I need to get back to that prayer meeting because I am flesh I get aggravated I get irritated I get short with people I love hello I can even get a little rude it's not what we want to do It's our flesh acting up. Hello? But if we go get covered with love and we get our attitude right and we get our spirit right, that's what love does, then we can operate out of love and out of kindness and out of long-suffering and out of gentleness. Now, you can take that back and go be seated. Thank you. Clap your hands to the Lord. Now, I'm in no wise giving us an exemption or free ticket to go act rude or to carry that as a person. None of these things can be our personality. It cannot be our everyday actions. It's got to be something that slips because of flesh rising up or someone 
rubbed us the wrong way or it was just a bad day or we went to bed with something heavy on our mind, whatever it is. But we've got to let the covering keep us in the love of God. We've got to make decisions. I don't like that guy. That guy's always treated me wrong. He, he's not a good neighbor. But you know what? When he has a need, I need the love of God and I need to go carry him some food or I need to help him out in that situation. I need to be kind to him at the mailbox. It might be that he's done all this stuff to me, but I got, we got to have the love of God and we need God's help. We need the spirit covering for the love of God to operate in our lives because we are human and we are flesh and our flesh, we can, we can operate out of our flesh. But our commitment is, I need to do the right thing. You hear me? Is you need to do the right thing. And that's, Brother McGill, how I feel like we can love our neighbors as ourselves. It's not out of a feeling, but out of a commitment to treat them in a manner of love. Hello? Treat them in a manner of love if you are kind to them or gentle to them and generous to them and soft-spoken and, and caring about their situation. It's you've treated them with love. Don't you want to be treated with love? We all do. Romans chapter 12, I believe it is. While I walk back up the steps. We're, we're in the love month, and I feel like God wants to help us because if we're not careful, we're going to beat ourselves up, and we're going to feel like I can't line up with the Scripture. I don't want us to feel that way anymore. But I want us to recognize that we have to have a commitment to treat people out of love and not out of the flesh. And that recognize when those bad days do come, we need to go get that covering. Amen. We need to go get in a prayer meeting. Romans chapter 12, verse 10 through 21. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love. Now, here's the importance. We've got to obey the Scripture. But let's look at the other person. Brother Treach, come here just a second, if you don't mind. Now, you're a preacher. You're a board member of the church and businessman and upstanding. And you're a good man. You're a good man. Now, you really are a good man. But, but come here, brother. Hood. But Brother Hood's watching you. He overheard you not being kind to somebody, being somewhat rude. It wasn't kindly affection. And he just saw that. So what enters his mind, he's not really a Christian. That's first thoughts that you'll enter. Now, bear with me. If then he's around you more often, and he sees that the greater majority of the time that you are kind, affectionate, and gentle, and loving, this is your primary spirit, hello? Then he's going to say, you know what? My brother's having a bad day. Amen. He's having a bad day. It's not that we can be perfect. But we've got to make a commitment to strive for ourselves, for our neighbor, and for those who watch over, who see us that we want to be a light and a witness to. So keep in mind, it's that primary spirit. He's really a good guy. Such a treat just didn't make him breakfast this morning. And he stomped his toe when he's getting out of bed on the foot of the bed. Then he bumped his knee when he went walking out the door on the doorpost, and then, lo and behold, he burned his hand on the stove having to cook his own breakfast. Now he's a barking dog that can bite. I'm, I'm not trying to be silly tonight. I just want to talk to us about where we live, that we can read these scriptures and not feel like a failure, not feel like I can't measure up. We have to understand there is a commitment to treat people out of love, out of kindness, and to love our brothers and sisters in the Lord. 
But at the same time, we realize we are flesh, and we have to go back, and we have to get that covering. And that's why it's so important to pray. Now, why, this is a prayer I pray every day of my life. I mean, there might be a day every now and then I didn't say that prayer, but every day of my life, my goal is to pray this in my prayers. Lord, help me have a right spirit. Help me, Lord, to not hurt anybody today. Not that I'm out to hurt people, but I know I'm, I'm human. Lord, give me the right words. Give me the right attitude. Give me the right spirit. Help me. I need you. I pray, Lord, help me treat people right. Why do I pray that every day? Because I'm human. And I need him. Because I am out to cut somebody off or say a quick word or show my aggravations or my irritations or whatever. Now, you may not have a problem with that. But I do. Hello? Well, praise God. Even with our families, with our spouses. They used to talk about coming to church and kick the cat, slam the screen door, slam the car shut, and didn't speak a word all the way to church, and you got to church and you're shouting all over the place. Hello? Well, we're going we're gonna to have some bad moments, even mornings before church. But that's why... Forgiveness and the prayer room. Because if we don't take care of that, we're going to have a rotten service. We're going to feel guilty the whole service. Hallelujah. We're not going to get much out of the service. We'll go in that prayer room and we get that coat of the love of God on us. And we can make things right. And we can just keep on living for God. Can I tell you, the devil wants us to see our failures. He wants to see us as impossible to line up with this word because he wants to discourage us. He wants us to feel like failures. He wants us to feel like something's wrong with us. But we need to reach out for God's love. And we need to get that covering. And we need to have a commitment. And we need to recognize, hey, wait a minute, devil, you are a liar. I may not can do this a hundred times out of a hundred but I'm going to do my dead level best we're going to do our best to do 98 out of a hundred hello everybody say I'm just flesh be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another that comes through commitment not slothful in business fervent in spirit serving the Lord even our business Affects our spiritual life. Amen. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing instant in prayer. Continuing instant in prayer. Continuing instant in prayer. Continuing instant. That's the one we really need to grab a hold of. Amen. Distributing the necessity of saints. Giving the hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Folks, you can't do that without the love of God. I can't do that without the love of God. That's why we desperately need that coat of covering of God's love and that we can operate out of love and not out of flesh. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. There's no jealousy. There's no envy. We're going to praise God for you. You got a raise on your job. You got a bonus. Praise God. You, you, got, you just inherited a new home. Or you just bought a new house. Or whatever it is. We're going to rejoice with you. You know the reason that is so important to rejoice? Because love says, I'm glad for you. I'm happy for you. I rejoice. Flesh says, I'm upset because that ain't me. Hello? Well, praise God. Weep with them that weep. That's important because if we love them and they're hurting, we're going to hurt also. Amen? Be of the same mind one to another, toward another. Stop. Whoa, put on the brake. Where'd that come from? What does that really mean? Be of the same mind one toward another. Now, people's going to have their friends. They got things that are in common. 
they've got age in common. they got lights. You know, golfers are going to hang out with golfers. Hunters are going to hang out with hunters and sportsmen, fishermen, and all of that. And, and ladies, they're going to hang out with people who are shoppers going to hang out with shoppers. Amen. There's going to be common ground that creates that friendships and that bond. So that's not saying that's not going to be the case, but it said we've got to be of the same mind toward one another, how we feel about one another. You know why the Amish, every Sunday, when they have church in their tribes or groups, whatever it is, there's, there's a certain number throughout the whole um, place of the Amish, the whole group that they break up into smaller groups and have churches and houses, that every Sunday when they have church and that tribe is coming to that home, next Sunday they'll be at the, another home, the next Sunday they'll be at another home. But every Sunday the dishware has to be the same. Every Sunday the meal has to be exactly the same. Everything has to be identical every Sunday. And you know why? Because some Amish are more wealthier than others. And they don't want to do anything that would make one feel less than the other one. That's a beautiful spirit. Amen. You know what that is? That's the same mind one toward another. And so we are committed. We have a responsibility to treat people the same. Whether we're close friends with them, whether we understand them, whether we really like them. Hello? I think we should love everybody, but you're not going to like everybody. Oh, boy. How can you not like somebody that you love? Believe me. It's, let, me, let, me let me explain that. You love people, but we don't have to like their actions or their personalities or their ways. But that's okay. Because I promise you, there's some stuff about me you don't like. But I hope you'll love me. Hello? There, there's some ways about Brother Mark. Sister Tiffany don't like it. But she loves him. Amen? There, there's some ways about Brittany that Bradley don't like. Oh, I'm going to meddling now, aren't I? But she loves him. We're going to have our little quirks about us. We're going to have our idiosyncrasies about us. We're going to have our little habits and hang-ups about us. But it doesn't change the fact of our love. Hello? Well, I'm not going to name stuff. Just to prove a point. So is it with people in the church, with people in the workplace, People in life, our neighbors, just because we don't like some things they do, our habits they have, doesn't mean you don't love them. Because you do love them. There's nothing you wouldn't do for them. If they're hurting, you don't care about what you don't like about them. There's a need there. That is what the love of God is about. Is that we love them and we treat them through the love of God. Oh, praise God. I don't know that I can. It's 7.52. I don't mean a thing. No, no, it does. Be the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceit. Recompense no man for evil for evil. Just because somebody done you wrong, don't go do them wrong. Amen. Let the Lord take, he'll, he'll get it all balanced out. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. You'll never go wrong by doing what's right. Never. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you. Now these words are there for a purpose. It said, if it be possible. And as much as in you that you can do this, live peaceably with all men. Now, he didn't just say live peaceably with all men, did it? It says 
if it be possible, and do it with everything. If you know, with everything that's in you, as much as lieth in you, do your dead level best. Give our best shot. Bring our flesh under subjection. Be forgiving. Overlook people's hangups and their failures and their shortcomings. Uh, forgive their their uh, their uh, things that they've done against all against us. And so, as much as lieth in us, let's live peaceably. You know that message needed to have been preached every day during COVID. Some were mad at others because one wore a mask and the other didn't wear a mask. Some were upset at others because some got the shot and others didn't get the shot. And people were angry. You know what was going on? Y'all remember all of that? I mean, it was the world was at odds with one another. Church people, I'm not, I'm not saying here was at odds, but church people and friends got at odds. Family members got at odds. Hello? I remember having to come to this pulpit and say, hey, look, please don't put your view on Facebook because somebody across the aisle from you may have a different view. Hello? Well, praise God anyhow. But what was causing all of the friction? For one thing, we're all upset. We're all having to live in a time frame. We don't understand COVID. We're having to look at every corner. We're having to change the way we do life. We're having to change all kind of things. There's still a lot of mystery out there. We don't understand where this is going, what's all going to come out of vaccine, what's going to come out of COVID. We, we don't understand. So we're, our nerves are on the edge. So no wonder we're at one another. No wonder we're defending our views and, and, and we're against your view. But they can't happen. We can't let that go unbridled because we got to live peaceably. Okay, you got your view. You got every right in the world to be wrong. And it's okay because I got every right to be wrong too. When it's all said and done, what's it going to matter? When COVID's in the history books and it's no longer around and vaccine is, is, is gone and nobody's talking about it, what difference does it make? Oh, praise God. Well, hallelujah anyhow. Live peaceably with all men. That means, you know what, you, you like Mississippi State, God bless you. I'm so sorry you're so far off course. I'm so sorry you had not seen the light and the revelation to be an Ole Miss fan yet. But everybody that's worked for me in my office since I've been pastor here, except for Sister McGill, she never said what she was, but everybody else in the last 20 years, they were all state fans. Every single one of them. Every assistant I've had has been a state fan. God sent them here for me to pray them through. No kidding. No, that don't matter. You say, well, that's so trivial. That's No, we can take trivial things and make something out of it. Hello? But we got to live peaceably. Oh, man. Romans, oh, goodness. Romans 13, 8 through 10. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Thou shalt, in verse 9 it ends, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Amen. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Everybody say, I love my neighbor. May not like him. May not like his loud music. And we could go on and on, but I'm going to love him. Matthew 7 and 12 says, Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do even do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Amen. The Bible says that love never faileth. I'm going to close reading the verses of 13, 1 through 8. Love, we may fail love. We may fail because of flesh. But love is not going to fail. Because these are the things that love does. Hear me? 
And it is our responsibility as Christians to do our best to live those things. Because if we are unbridled and we're, we're careless and we're reckless and we're just not paying any attention, we don't have any effort toward these things that are not important to us, then it don't matter how religious you look. It doesn't matter how spiritual I seem. It don't matter how long I talk in tongues. It don't matter if I prophesy or you prophesy. None of those things matter. It's nothing but tinkling cymbals and sounding brass because nobody's going to have confidence in it. Nobody wants to hear what you or I would have to say. Nobody's going to respect us. Nobody's going to have confidence in us. It's nothing. Amen. But if we have love, and this is our primary attribute, amen, this is what is important to you, and you do your best, even though you may have a bad day, then guess what? When you speak, people are going to respect you. When you prophesy, people are going to respect that. When you give tongues or interpretation of tongues, people are going to respect that. When you're doing good deeds, people are going to respect it. Why? Because your primary attribute is these things. But that's why it's important to us in closing and let's stand that we would commit ourselves, that we would make a priority out of these things That love suffereth long. Love is kind. Love envieth not. Love vaunteth not itself. It's not puffed up. It doesn't behave itself unseemly. It doesn't seek its own. It's not easily provoked. And it thinks no evil. It rejoiceth not in iniquity. But rejoiceth in truth. It bears all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Now, don't interpret that, oh, well, love believes all things. Love hopeth. That is saying how give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Have a good, positive attitude toward things. Amen. Praise God. And then closing, it said, love never faileth. We will fail. We will have bad days. We can come up short. But if we'll wrap ourselves in love and we'll go to that prayer closet and we'll make our commitment. In fact, it would do us good to read 1 Corinthians 13 on a monthly basis, if not a weekly basis. Hello? Because that brings us in check. Praise God. Would we come around the altar tonight and just spend a few moments talking to the Lord and say, Lord, there is an infallible love. And I want that to be the greatest attribute in our life. You know, we all have strong points and we all have weak points. Wouldn't you love for the strongest attribute in your life to be said they had love? That that person loved. Amen. Wouldn't you love for that to be your testimony, what you was known for? I think that would be all of ours. But I want to encourage you tonight. Don't feel like a failure because you didn't measure up. But realize that's allowing the flesh to get out of control, and that's why it happened. 